As we move into a Christmas time, or we move into the Christmas season, we look in, and last week we talked about the death of the innocents. But today we're going to talk a little bit about direction from God, a Christian story. A Christmas story, I'm sorry. Direction from God, a Christmas story. I'll get my glasses out. Have you ever had direction from God? Or wonder about direction from God? And we're not going to get into what the forms that 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 take place, but some of the things that go around receiving direction from God. As we look into the nativity story, you might call it, or the Christmas story, we're going to look in the book of Luke, chapter 1, and also, also in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. I'm going to talk about two things that took place as Mary was called and given direction by God to and told that she was going to bear a child. And it was going to be Jesus and the whole nativity that take place. But also, Joseph received a message from God as well in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Now, we pray before we started the message, but some aren't joining us maybe uh, for that part of it. So let me say a brief prayer here. Father, we ask that you give us your guidance, encouragement, your wisdom. Help us to open our hearts as we take the story and experiences of Joseph and Mary and may it be insightful to our walk with you and receiving direction from you and what takes place after receiving the direction. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at, let's look at our scripture, our base scripture here, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now this is before uh, Jesus' actual birth. And there's lots of interesting scripture here, but we're talking about in this first part, we're going to talk about what a Mary. And it says in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and, and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
And then let's go over to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 24. This is Joseph's part of the story. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was not minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her son, her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And he got at his blessing through the reading of his word. So as we look at this, and we look at these elements, I would call them of direction. We start out with the Mary story in Luke chapter 1. And we find there that uh, in verses 27 through 30, we talk about her being betrothed. And betrothed is a terminology that we might not be completely familiar with, and some of you, you may be, but it's, it's, they're pledged to be married. It's contractual, as it were, but it's not the formal marriage that we might call today or we might have called in previous years. But they are um, in a committed situation before a marriage ceremony and before consummation of the marriage. So it's, um, I don't know that it would be fair to call it an engagement. It's something that was at that time period, but betrothed, promised, as it were. So that hasn't take place. And so it would be improper, immoral, for them to have any kind of relationship ahead of time. So for her to have a child or be to perceived to have a child would cause a great uh, challenge, great situations. And so we look in at uh, verses 28 through 30 and, and we find there that, that she starts to get this uh, information. But the first thing we find in verse 28 is that she is highly favored. There's a recognition. God is recognizing what she's done. God has recognized um, what she's done in her life, her, her, uh, her conduct, uh, her relationship. And so God has an assignment for her. And it may be, and what I want you to learn from this is two things. We want to get an understanding of what took place in the lives of Mary and Joseph. It's, it's beneficial. It's helpful. But at the same time, we can take insights uh, for ourselves that that sometimes when God notices what we are doing, he might give us some responsibility. He might ask us to do something. If you've been faithful over a few things, you know, he'll give you more. And so looking at her life, she's got this assignment. God has noticed her, and he has something for her to do. 
And isn't that exciting? Wouldn't that be exciting for God to say, send his messenger and say, you know, really appreciate what you've been doing. Really appreciate it. And now, since you've done such a great job. Now, some of you might be used to that tactic and might be wondering, someone comes in and they don't normally do that and they, they butter you up and you say, so great, what do you want? But I don't think that, this is, that was this way. As God recognized her, said she was beloved, the angel comes, and this is exciting. This is exciting. God's got something exciting that he wants me to do, but she was a little troubled because the way the message came kind of threw her, so there was some fear and a little bit of anxiousness there, but she was, she was troubled. She was fearful. But this direction in verse 34, it kind of confused her because she's like, how can this be? Which, I mean, you think about it. How many times would you have an angel uh, contact you and say as a young woman, to a young woman or if you've been, you're a young woman, uh, oh, by the way, you're going to have a baby. I know you've never been with a man, but you're going to have a baby. And you would say, how can this be? I haven't even known a man. How can this be? And sometimes the direction that God might have for us is confusing. And we can look in the Old Testament and the stories, and especially around births, and take Abraham and Sarah, and, and uh, it's like, how can this be? How can this be? So sometimes God recognizes what we're doing. God's paying attention. He's not just out there somewhere, as some people would th- uh, think. Maybe a deist, you know, he's just out there, he put things in motion. No, he's engaged, he's recognizing, I got this assignment, she's excited. What? Wait a minute. How can this be? Now maybe it doesn't say she was excited, I'm just saying, wouldn't that be exciting? And um, because what, what God is telling her through his messenger is to do something that is impossible in her own mind. It's something beyond her comprehension, something that it doesn't make sense, how that could happen. Because I can't figure out how that works. It doesn't follow the science, as they like to say. For some of us, we get direction from God, and it's like, well... That makes sense, because I do this, I do this, I do this, and if I do that, okay, I can make that happen. And God's saying, no, I want you to do this, and he's got it figured out, and I'm asking you to do something that's beyond you. Has God ever asked you to do something that's beyond you? And it kind of confuses you. I see this direction, verse 35, is reaffirmed. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He adds a little bit to it. And sometimes we're confused. We ask God, and God says, Yes, this is what I want. We ask God, I need some affirmation here. That I, am, I, am I hearing you right? And the Lord repeats it. I think you'll find it in Scripture, and I think it's true, is as we go through life uh, uh, and we're getting direction from God is he kind of 
you know, kind of pushes us in, in the back and gives us a little direction. And, and it's not a yelling or a screaming per se, as it's a, a nudge. And it just constantly is pushing you in that direction. It's con- constant. It, he lets you know it's just not what you ate that gave you, a, you know, babies get gas and they smile. That's what they tell, you, tell us when, when the, the, the man picks up the baby and the mom will say, uh, he's not smiling at you, he just got gas. It's not in the moment. Sometimes today we do things based on feelings and people about feelings, but God gives us this, it's not an instant thing, it's a constant direction that we know. He reaffirms it, he retells us, that is what I want you to do. And then is the case sometimes if we're questioning, we're like, really, is this really, is this something that's possible God provides to Mary? A confirmable example of his power. Verse 36, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative also has conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Something impossible, something not capable, some woman in her old age that was called barren. For women, once you've gotten to that time of life, you know, sometimes, you know, people say this is a surprise and for whatever reason, but can you imagine that if she's barren, she's way past that age of possibility, she's given up that she'll ever have children in her older age, that God did a miracle. Something beyond the science, something beyond what was rational, but God provided a miracle in Elizabeth. And if you don't know who Elizabeth is, Elizabeth is a relative of Mary. Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist, or will be the mother of John the Baptist in our timeline. He's like, I've done it with Elizabeth. Now, so this is something... If this is true, this is something that is tangible. This is something that Mary can check on. And God's reassured her, I've done this for Elizabeth. God gives maybe an example to you of something, or reminds you of something possibly. Do you remember back when I did this? Do you remember that testimony that so-and-so gave of how God, this is why testimonies are important, sharing the praises of God are important. Can you remember how in in those situations that it seemed like there was not a way out, that I help them and I can help you. And it gives that reassurance. And then he declares his capabilities. For nothing, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And her response, after we go through that process, Reminds her of just who he is and what he's capable of. She says, yes. She says, yes, I will do that thing. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to word. And the angel departed from her. She was excited. So then what does she do? She's excited. Well, she... Well, let's just check the scripture here. What does it say? It says, verse 39 of chapter 1. Verse 39, chapter 1. 
of Luke. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted who? Oh, it's Elizabeth. She's going over to Elizabeth. Now, why is she going to Elizabeth? She could be going over to Elizabeth to confirm what she's heard. Maybe she didn't get word. It's not like they had Facebook. Or, you know, it's not like she's going to call on the telephone. Uh, she had to go to a different city. In verse 41, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. She goes to see Elizabeth. She goes to kind of check it out. It gives her confirmation on this miraculous thing that she's going to have to deal with. And if you think about that just for a moment, she made it with haste. She's told that she will be with child. And she may not have been able to confirm it to herself. I won't get into specifics, but the ladies that are with us, and you men too, know what I'm talking about. She may not at that point, I don't know this for certain, she may not at that point, her body may not have told her yet she's pregnant. She's gone to check with Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, she finds out, Elizabeth, of course, Elizabeth now is how many months pregnant? We read in the scripture she's six months pregnant at this point, so clearly at this point Elizabeth is showing. I'm sure Mary saw that, and as she approached it, Elizabeth gets excited. Mary hasn't even told her, I doubt. Maybe they sent messenger, but Elizabeth confirms the direction of what's going to happen in Mary's life, maybe even before Mary can physically tell it herself. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells Mary, blessed she is, and she's going to carry her Lord. Sometimes in our path of God giving us direction, we're going along and we need those reassurances and those confirmations. I'm thinking back to when we started this church and different people were coming to me about they were interested in, in different kinds of things. Uh, Joe Duvall told me, and I, I think he might have heard it from someone else, I don't know, but these little lighthouses. We're walking in God's path, and when it gets tough, we can kind of see a glimmer of, oh, that's, that's God letting me know, yep, I'm still on the same path. But, but Mary got this confirmation from Elizabeth. She's pregnant. Wow, what a miracle. Maybe what's going on with me is real. Or what's going on with me with, is, is real. And then Elizabeth tells her what's going on in her life even before Mary maybe has told her. The baby leaps in her womb. How exciting. We get direction from the Lord, and when something miraculous is kind of 
doesn't seem to make sense, but God gives us these confirmations of, yeah, you're on the right path. People coming up to you and, wow. I think if I, I, can, I can think in my head of different times I've heard the story of somebody saying they felt God was calling them into the ministry or calling them to do something and not, not too much longer someone come up and would say, is God calling you into preach or something? These people weren't calling them in to preach. They just had a sense that God was calling them to preach or God was calling them to do this. I think God gives us confirmations of, we, I, I told you to do something, and I'm going to give these little, and, and I'm letting you know that I am capable because you've heard stories of other people doing it. And by the way, I'm going to give you these confirmations of and affirmations of this direction. And so Elizabeth is that. And how long did Mary stay? Mary, it says in the scripture, if we, if we read through it and we kept on reading in verse 56, she had, we have the song of Mary, which is, is good reading as well. But verse 56, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. She remained with her three months. When did she get there? Six months. So... Mary probably left about the time of, or there somewhere around when John the Baptist was born. And she goes back. And we read in your hearing what, what's going on with Matthew. And Matthew's told. So we remember here that we were said that you will conceive is what the angel told Mary. But when we got back to Matthew, and we're reading uh, the section with Matthew, it says that Matthew, being a devout man, being a just man, so Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, it says Joseph, I'm sorry, Joseph is a just man. Joseph, Joseph's trying to do the right thing, but he's caring for his betrothed, She's supposed to be committed to him. That putting her away privately means to divorce her. Versus her being punished for adultery. For breaking their covenant and being with another man. He's very confused. Maybe you're in this confusing situation. And you're trying to say, what, what God am I supposed to do? This is not what I had planned. What am I supposed to do? The right thing seems to be to do this, but if I do that, I'm going to hurt so-and-so, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And by the way, I look really bad to everyone around me if they start figuring this out, because maybe this is where Mary came back after how many months? Three months? I don't know when she told Joseph, but if it's three months, isn't it about four months she's probably going to show? Especially with the outfits that they have, but there's, only a, there's a window of time here. He can get her put away privately so that she's not in danger. But there's a window of time. He's trying to figure out what to do. He's, he wants to do the right thing, but the right thing here by God and the right thing by them. And then you've got the whole impact of the families and what they're going to say. And then I've got the community problem and I've got to, what am I supposed to do? So he's a just man. It's acknowledged as he's a just man. God's 
Scripture tells us he was, so he's recognized for, for who he is. And so he is figuring his part out. How does he get out of it? So he, too, gets direction from God. He gets direction. It says this is going to be the Savior. He doesn't need as much convincing, it seems, and maybe there was, but it, it was in a dream. She shall, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Maybe he understand the prophecies and knew what was going on, and that was a confirmation of what he knew from Scripture. But it's not what he had planned. It wasn't what he had planned. I don't know what he had planned, but I think he had clearly had plans to marry her, and then once they got married, probably do what they would do, right? Probably build a house and provide for herself, and then all of a sudden... He's going to adopt a baby that's not his. And when he adopts this baby that's not his, because nobody's going to believe that it's Jesus, right? The Son of God, nobody might believe that. So he's got the situation, some's going to believe it, that he's adopting it, maybe. But there's others that's going to basically say, oh, him and Mary did something and either like wait a minute she went off to Elizabeth's right she was off with Elizabeth for three months and she comes back pregnant and Joseph was over here Joseph your wife cheated on you your betrothed must be cheated on you because we know she was with at Elizabeth's for three months and then she comes back pregnant, and you were here, so... And I don't know what she would have told her parents, but he's telling his parents. It's not what they had planned. But Joseph is obedient. Joseph is obedient. But it affected the families, probably some public embarrassment... Others not understanding. Everybody else has got their own ideas of what should be happening. So God recognizes the value that you're adding. He recognizes what you're doing. And he asks you to do something, and it's so exciting. And you take off and do it, and you've confirmed it, and you know that it's sure, and it's important that you do that because in the midst of the crisis when people look at you and say, how stupid are you? Or they look at you and say, whatever they might say, you're going to go back to the point and say, listen, I know this message came from God. I know that he is able. He confirmed it to me in the strongest ways at the time. And I got to base what I'm doing on what I was told. Even when I'm ridiculed, even when I'm publicly humiliated, 
even when my family doesn't understand, even through those kinds of things, I have to keep doing what he's asking me to to do. And just like Mary, when she was walking along and trying to figure things out, God, I believe, sends along these little light posts to let us know, yeah, you're still on the right path, but it's still going to be hard because think about it. Elizabeth had her baby. Everybody was keen on the baby. And so some of you ladies have went through childbirth at a hospital. And there might have been the panic, we got to get to the hospital. Can you imagine, if you think back, some of you can't, haven't been through this, but you think back to your first birth, your first birth, Imagine that you're in the garage of somebody's house in a town that you don't know, or out in their barn, and your husband is the only one to help you through it. I'm sure that's got to be scary. I mean, it's scary enough when you do it in the hospital and trying to figure out what's going on and what can happen. And Well, God was with her, but... She's a woman, she's a human, there's got to be a lot going on. You imagine wiring that donkey for that long trail all the way around. You know, you, you think about the struggles that you go through and you're like, it's hot in here, can we turn the air conditioning up in the car? Or it's cold in here, can we turn the heat up in the car? And we turn a little bit of knob. She doesn't have that, she's got a dusty road. I got I to gotta go to the, I, she's got to go to the restroom, so you got to stop at the McDonald's? No. I need something to drink. Well, let's run over to the, no. No, that was that trail. So I'm sure during that time period, she's fearful and challenging. She's got to go back to, the Lord told me, the Lord told me, confirmed it with Elizabeth. Elizabeth said it. I felt good about it. I've got to go back to there, and, and, and Joseph's just got to keep going. He's plotting. He's trying to provide the protection. And they get there, and he's doing involved in the delivery in a manger. In a manger. How clean can you get a manger for a baby? I'm sure they wore sterile masks and gloves. Uh-uh. Wrapped him in swallowing clothes and lied him in a manger. When God gives us direction, he honors us, it would seem, and appreciates what we're doing, and so he gives us more to do. But that does not mean that it's always going to be smooth. That does not mean that it's always going to do, go the way we want it to go. And so we look back for that assurance of what he told us before. We look back to the direction that he gave us before, and we keep on going. And it might involve public humiliation, as it were. It might involve family that doesn't understand. It might involve... Difficulty, and it might involve some scary times. But we go back and remember, yes, I am doing the right thing. He told me, and by the way, these little roadmaps. You know, a person gets baptized here, or a person gets baptized there. Or somebody gets helped here, or somebody gets helped there. We can't always compare, or shouldn't compare that what God's doing and telling us that we're on the right path. Yeah, but so-and-so, they've got... And that church over there, they... No, but God's 
reaffirming us that we have the right path and we're on the right place to go. Or maybe it's in that purposeful decision of life or, or what you're doing. And sometimes we've got to do things that we hadn't planned on. Joseph adopting a child. This is not my call to you that you should be adopting a child. Unless God's telling you that. Maybe that's a reaffirmation for you. But as we learn from Joseph and Mary, when we are doing and walking with God the way we should, he might ask us to do things to stretch us so that we can show to the world that he is able. That we can show to the world that he is capable. And so that reminds us. So may be encouraged in the direction that God is placing in your life that seems out there somewhere and seems beyond the possible that he is able. And as he gives you that confirmation and you step into it, and he's encouraged you, and you remember the power of God to go for it. And when the times get tough and the times get difficult to do the thing that God's told you that you should do, that doesn't mean that God is no longer telling you to do that. It just means you need to trust him more. Lean back on what he told you. Lean back on the assurances that you give you. Lean back on the witnesses of other people, how God has helped them, and lean in and see what God will do. Lean in and see what God will do through you. Through you and sometimes almost in spite of you. Because if you want to see God's working, then we need to let God do some things that are beyond us. Let's be standing together. Father God, we pray that as we contemplate on this message of direction from God, using the Christmas story, dear Lord, as we think about Mary and Joseph and how you directed them and the impossibilities, that we'll recognize how much went into your birth. How important it was, how orchestrated it was, but it required people to be obedient. And may we, when you're asking us to do something beyond what we can comprehend, not try to limit you, but allow you to use us to do the impossible. And would you grant us those affirmations, those confirmations that, yeah, we heard you right. Yeah, we can trust you that we're going to do it. And then, Father, when it gets tough, that we will be reminded. We're reminded. Yeah, this is the right way. Would you grant us some of those light posts of life that you just bring kind of light into the situation just to reassure us that, yeah, this is, it's tough, but you are on the right path. And would you allow the great thing that you have planned 
through us that's not on our charts, not in our plans, not the way we thought it was going to happen. That you'd help us to persevere through, to seek your will over, over ours, to trust your unlimited capabilities over our finite and limited ones and realize that even the things that we can't figure out doesn't mean that we shouldn't go through them with you. Be with us this time in this Christmas season that we would focus on you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.